Today on episode number 552, we're going to talk briefly about a new sponsor I have. And it's hard to make Dave Jackson speechless, but on occasion... Then Halloween night, my favorite night of the year, was going to be the last night that I was alive. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I am your very own personal podcast coach right there in your pocket. My name is Dave Jackson. I'm so happy that you are here. If you're new to the show, look... I've been helping people understand technology for over 20 years. I've helped hundreds, if not thousands of people launch a podcast, and I help you massage your message, tackle the technology, face your fears, and flatten that learning curve, and not only help you start to podcast, but help you start podcasting right, right in the right direction so that you have a positive impact. We're going to talk about positive impacts today. In fact, I want to get right to that. I usually start off with kind of a because of my podcast story. And it's usually one of your shows. But instead, today we're going to talk about something that happened because of one of my shows. And when I got an email, it literally, I've had a couple times where I about fell out of my chair. One was the very first time I ever got a piece of voicemail from somebody on the other side of the planet. And the second one was this week when I got this email. So I'm just going to cut to the interview and you'll see what I'm talking about. Well, joining me, we're using uh, Ringer tonight, and I uh, got an email this morning, and it's hard to make Dave Jackson speechless, but uh, my guest sure did. You've actually heard him on a previous episode. Uh, we were talking, I had to explain what BDSM was, and uh, he is the host of that. You can find him at cauldronscrypt.com. Now, crypt is K-R-Y-P-T.com, and cauldron also is spelled with a K. So, Cauldron Fire, thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Thanks, Dave. Good to be here. We're calling this because of my podcast, and I'm just going to let you kind of verbally, you know, how, whatever you want to share about the email, and, and we'll go from there. Basically, I just wanted to uh, let you know what your podcast has done for me. Back in 2013, I had lost my job after 20 years working in the healthcare field. I was facing a possible diagnosis of cancer, and my best friend, since I was a child, small child, left work one day and on his way out to his car, had a massive heart attack at 38 years old and dropped dead in the parking mm. lot. And between the, the stress of facing this cancer diagnosis, which thankfully it was not, but I didn't know that at the time, and then uh, losing uh, a friend that's as close, if not cro closer than my three brothers, just stressed out. And in the uh, the mental health field, average burnout is about five years. So I was about 15 years past the average burnout and had worked, worked my way wow. into administration uh, without a college degree. I was the only member there without it, uh, without a degree and very proud of myself to the point where my job became my entire identity. And so losing that, I lost myself and had been that way until I discovered you. I'd heard of podcasts. I thought, well, I'm going to check one out. I'm going to check one out, see what it's all about. But I never did. And fast forward from 2013 to 2016 uh, of September of last year, I'm incredibly depressed, I had reached my end, and 
resolved uh, to end my life on Halloween in a very logical way, just determined that nothing was going to change, nothing was ever going to get better, was diagnosed with chronic clinical depression, and that there was no way out of it. And so I started talking to my wife about it. She has worked in the mental health field uh, for 14 years now, 14 or 15 years. She does have degrees, very intelligent. And also a a friend of mine, uh, another friend that I had uh, grown up with and told them in September that if there were no changes, then Halloween night, my favorite night of the year, was going to be the last night that I was alive. And they, of course, did everything they could to talk me out of it. And I just, anything that they come up with, I could beat with just pure logic. You know, everybody was coming at me with emotion. Well, you know, think of this, think of that. And I was just a man that, had no identity as a man because I was working a full-time job, a part-time job, and it was no career. It was not leading anywhere. So yeah, it's, it's kind of weird because as guys, when we go to a party, it's one of the things it's like, so what do you do? That's like one of our first questions to each other. We get, we'll talk a little football and then we'll talk a little, you know, baseball or whatever, but it's like, so what do you do? And it's kind of weird because what you do is not who you are. When you think about yeah. it, it's what we do for a living, but that doesn't mean that it, and it is kind of, I mean, I, I totally get, I mean, that's how I feel for, for years, but I remember once I had a really crappy job and, uh, you know, the, the kind that you kind of go, well, I, I work here and then you kind of wait to see what the reaction is or whatever. And so I always just told myself, well, I may work here, but doggone it, I'm a musician. That's what I am. Uh, this is just what I do kind of thing. So, um, I totally get as guys that we do so much identify with, uh, with what we do. So um, continue on. Yeah. Looking back at it, especially over the 20 years in the mental health field and all of the, the mothers that I had counseled and spoke with after losing children and trying to help them reclaim an, an identity or mm. soldiers coming home from war. I, the last uh, about 10 years of my career, like I said, I was in a inpatient setting and we would get soldiers when the VA was full that would come to us with PTSD. And, you know, a lot of them, it wasn't just losing a limb or, or whatever their injury was. It was that they were no longer a soldier because of this injury. And that had a lot to do with it. But when you're so down in the midst of depression, you can, use any kind of twisted logic to play it to your advantage. So, and that's where I was at. And then one night, um, online and I have no idea how I ended up on Spreaker.com. Uh, I have thought about it and thought about it and I don't know, (laughs) but I was, and I thought, you know, I've, I've, I keep saying I'm going to listen to podcasts. I'm going to listen to podcasts. Well, I think I will see about maybe doing one because I have a, a YouTube channel and I thought, well, I, I've kind of given that up, uh, put out six or 26 shows there and eh, just kind of 
faded away, a YouTube fade. So thought, well, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll check that out. And so I type <laughs> in, uh, I think it was how to do a podcast or maybe it was just podcasting or something like that. And there's some suggestions that come up and I see Dave Jackson. Uh, I'm like, well, okay. My brother's name is Dave Jackson. I'll give this guy a shot and see what he sounds like. And it was, um, ask the podcast coach. So I'm listening to you and Jim on, you know, over 500 episodes, I believe. And, and I listen to two or three and that turns to four or five, end up listening to every episode and then get into all of your other podcasts except for the weight loss one i haven't hit that one yet i need to and i will (laughs) so that's on the to-do list for 2017 but i start listening to this and you're talking about whatever you do make sure that it's something that you're passionate about you know and you you say you podcast to help people and your history of being a teacher and that was one part of my job at the hospital was patient and staff education and development I wrote a 78-page workbook on psychoeducation and taught classes every day with all the adult units uh, and trained all the new employees and retrained some of the old employees. So I thought, well, okay, I can relate to this guy. And he, yeah, he makes a lot of good points. But what am I going to do this about? And then it hit me with... All the abuse I I heard of um, someone that had fell victim to some pretty intense abuse in the BDSM community and thought, well, that can be it. That is exactly it. I need to take all of these new 50 shaders, these young women, 18 to 30, and educate them so that they can understand what it is really supposed to be about and hopefully provide them with with the knowledge to recognize these red flags and be able to see that, okay, this person has good intentions and this person is a predator. Because since that movie has come out and the, the books – there's with its popularity it's become the next big thing and it's a community that i've actually been a part of since i was 18 and i'll be 40 in march so i've got a long-standing history there so that's where uh there's another one coming out valentine's day for the, you know in just a couple of weeks so yeah yeah it's uh part two part two can't wait to see that one and it's it it was written as twilight fan fiction by someone Mm. who did no uh real research on on what bdsm is so in learning uh this podcasting process and getting the the equipment and listening to you the deal which i believe i skipped over in in uh, the deal that I had made with my wife uh, and my friend from Georgia that I grew up with was that instead of October 31st of 2016, I would put the end of my life off one more year. 
just to make sure that it is what I wanted to do. And it wasn't for my sake. It was clearly for their sake. So after this chance happening of Spreaker and the Dave Jackson uh, coming along and just blowing my mind with information and telling me step by step on how to do this, I decided, you know, I'm kind of glad that I waited, I guess. I have purpose now. This, no matter what else is done, this is what I do and nobody, I am a podcaster and like you with, you may have jobs, you may work for Libsyn and you may love that, but uh, your identity is what you want to make it, not what the world makes it for you. Uh, Just because someone says that we're something we can either believe that and it could be true or it could be a lie, but that's for us to determine. So in that, uh, in my email, the, uh, I just wanted to really say thank you because if I had not discovered your podcast, then I know for a fact that the end of my life would be October 31st of this year. See, that's it. I said it before. It's hard to make Dave Jackson speechless. Now, does did your wife ever sign off on this and say, OK? Uh, like when you said, well, this is I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, I'm going to put it off till the 17th. Did she say, OK, fine. Like, obviously, she wants you to extend it. But was she like, OK, and if it doesn't work out, I'll, you know. No, I mean, uh, she. I think she was just thankful that that she knows she got a postponement. Yeah. She knows that if I say I'm going to do something, if I'm going to make a promise, I will complete it. So she knew that she had that year and that's 365 days extra that she had to, to try to change my mind, to try to help me see that I have an identity and that it is something positive that, that my true identity is, is a person who wants to reach out, who wants to help other people, who wants to educate. And it's, it's not, you know, my job or anything else. It's not, it's not my identity is certainly not a husband or a brother or a son. It is simply a person that, finds purpose in helping others. That's it. Well, and, and all those, that's, it's kind of weird because that's who you are, but you also, and then we could get into whole, all sorts of psychology. Those other things you said, husband, son, uh, brother, those are roles that you play. And, uh, you know, so right. that's, uh, I don't want to get too into your personal life, but I mean, is this something that you, you feel you've definitely, what's, what's the phrase here? You, you've turned a corner. Okay. Absolutely. Because it's like, man, I need the downloads, yes. you know, <laughs> so I, I can't lose a person, <laughs> man. But uh, so, I mean, is there anything, obviously your wife works in, in, in you did too. You, you have the medical kind of background. Is this something that you're thinking about maybe getting some treatment for? Or are you, are you at this point, you're like, nah, I'm good. I, I just had a really bad, you know, couple of years and I'm, I've dusted off my, my, uh, I got the dust off my boots and I'm in a new direction or. 
Uh, no, I've I've actually been in treatment. Yeah, that's good uh, for the depression for many years, and so that's it's something that I would never just oh this is it's fixed. No, yeah. I I do have a a diagnosis of clinical depression, right. so it's it's not that won't go away. Uh, but in finding myself, right. it certainly helps. And I wouldn't have done that without podcasting. Well, there you go, my man. You know, the great thing about it is if, you know, let's say a couple of years from now, maybe you've said all there is to say on that subject. You just start another one. Mm-hmm. Have you made any, you know, connections or had any interaction with your audience yet? Or I know you're, you're pretty much fresh out of the gate, but sometimes you get lucky. I uh, honestly, and some people that I've talked to other podcasters don't, uh, they question me about this, but since the second episode, I've been getting emails. Beautiful. Because it's so popular. Nice. Um, and, and I'm just very thankful and in awe that people actually want to listen. It's that imposter syndrome yeah. that you talk about, you know, once it happens and, and I'm, you know, the feeling of, Oh my God, I'm getting over a hundred downloads per episode. What? Why is this? Nobody yeah. would want to listen to this. And yeah, and a lot of that is just the popularity of the topic right now. And have you had any negative reactions from anybody? No, no, I am my harshest critic so far. Okay. Well, that's what I, I, I wanted to point that out because so many people are worried that like who would listen to me is usually the first one or the imposter kicks in. And then the other one is, well, you know, what if somebody doesn't like it? And then I'm, they're going to, you know, they're going to say negative things or whatever. And usually that is not the case. Usually if people don't like your show, they just don't listen. You know, they, they go someplace else. All right, my man. Well, I just, I, again, I appreciate you for the email. I appreciate you sharing your story. Keep up the good work. Again, it's Cauldron's Crypt. That is uh, with a K. And then Crypt is K-R-Y-P-T. So if you want to find out about BDSM, by all means, go check it out, and uh, you might learn. Uh, in the immortal words of Fat Albert, you just might learn something. <laughs> so, <laughs> my friend. So, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Dave. So, I know usually this show is about getting more downloads and connecting with your audience and things like that, but this is really something. I heard uh, Gary V. Gary Vaynerchuk talk about this on his show that this is kind of an epidemic, and I, I kind of wanted to talk about setting expectations. Because apparently there is a problem with entrepreneurs. And and so some of us do this for fun. I mean, I do a show about the Amazon Echo called the Alexa cast. I do that for fun because I'm having fun playing with my new Amazon little gadget. And I think I made a dollar 48 from it. Probably spent about, I don't know, 20, 30 dollars at this point on getting it launched. And I could care less. I'm having fun. But there are some of us that, I'll give you an example. I started a podcast called The Customer Service Show. And I had all these years in customer service and training. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to go out. I'm going to position myself as this customer service expert. I'm going to get speaking gigs. I'll write books. And all of a sudden, the, the, you know, the, the, the violin started in the background. And I was like, and then someday I will be, you know, I had this delusions of grandeur and after about six episodes i'm like i hate this show this is just dave complaining <laughs>
But man, when I first started off, I had dreams. Oh man, I had dreams. I thought, well, this is going to be, you know, when I started the uh, the Dates from Hell show with uh, my then wife, I thought, oh, this would be cool and will be funny and entertaining and, and we'll be like, dear Abby, and, you know, and, and the violins start playing. And then someday, then, you know, all of a sudden you go, yeah, it didn't work. But it, and it's good to dream. It is. But here's some things I want to talk about this. Because I, I, as I did some research, I'm like, ooh, 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 hold on. This is a problem. So check this out. 30% of all entrepreneurs experience depression. This is according to a study by Dr. Michael Freeman. He's a clinical professor at the University of California in San Francisco. And they said depression among entrepreneurs is way higher than the depression among Americans in general, which apparently 7% of America is depressed. Now, we could make all sorts of political jokes here, but uh, yeah. And basically what they're saying is they surveyed, not a huge survey here, 242 entrepreneurs, 49% reported having a mental health condition, and depression was number one. And again, that was uh, 30%. Followed by ADHD, yay, my favorite, at tw- coming in at 29%. Ooh, just 1%. You know, try again a little harder next year, ADHD. Oh, that's not one of our top answers. And anxiety problems at 27%. And they say that's much higher than the U.S. population at large, which, again, is only 70, 70, 7%, only 7%. And so I did some research, and suicide is rampant. In May 2015, 31-year-old Austin Hines, as in, I don't know if he's related to, like, Hines ketchup people. Uh, He was the CBO of Cambrian Genomics, took his own life. In July 29, all these people committed suicide. 29 of old Fagey Mayer, he was the CEO of Apton, jumped off a rooftop in New York. 26, 26 years old, Aaron Schwartz. He was a partner at Reddit. Uh, one of the guys apparently that, that started Reddit hung himself. Uh, 47-year-old Jody Sherman, founded of e, Ecomom, uh, shot himself. Uh, one of his colleagues, 20, 24 years old, and I'm not even going to try, Ovik Banerjee, 22-year-old Ail. Hmm. Alia Zitmariski, who was the CEO of Diaspora again. And then there was this thing in Vegas. And apparently Vegas is kind of a technology hotbed. But as you might imagine, with people losing fortunes, it's also kind of a hotbed for suicide rates are normally higher in Las Vegas. But on this one project alone, three guys that were working on it uh, committed suicide. And it's just kind of amazing. Now, some people have been smart enough to see the writing on the wall, as we talked about today. Sometimes you can see this. Uh, There was a guy named Rand Fishkin, who was the CEO of Moz, and said, look, I'm stepping down because I'm depressed. And another study said in 2010, now again, that's six years ago, suicide was the highest cause of death for people aged 15 to 49. And I don't even want to get into the fact that what is going on with uh, U.S. service guys when they come home from doing way too many tours of duty. That's a whole other podcast, and you can probably go listen to 
my buddy Rob Kearns over at Living the Vet Life. Uh, I don't know if he talks about that at all, but that is something that that military folks come back with a whole other set of a luggage when they come home. Um, but that suicide was the highest cause of death, 15 to 49. That's way above lung cancer and murder. In 2013, Newsweek pointed out that the suicide rate in America has been increasing since 1999. So I, I, I did some research, and this is why, especially entrepreneurs, are on this road to just thinking that there's no way out. And I kind of want to look at the philosophy. And some of it is, and I hate this word, should. We start comparing ourselves. Well, so-and-so did this and -and so-and-so did that. So I should have more downloads. I should have more sponsors. I should have more whatever. And the bad news is comparing yourself to someone's numbers who probably between you and me, probably are lied. They, they, yeah, they, they, they inflate them all the time. Uh, you know, or you look at somebody who's just crushing it. They're just crushing it on Facebook and Twitter. And nobody sees the struggle. I was listening to an interview with Joe Rogan and Bill Burr. Bill Burr is a, Bill Burr is a funny guy. I don't listen to his podcast, but I enjoy his stand-up because he just, he's one of these guys. Uh, comedy is one of the few places now that you can actually say things that are politically incorrect that you kind of go, hey, you know what? He's got a point. And he talked about how that special that you see that Bill stands up and talks for 45 minutes and we think we can just stand up on stage and be funny. No, he worked on that for a year, sometimes a year and a half. And the problem with the word should, well, I should be able to do this. I saw somebody in a Facebook group. I'm stuck at 250 downloads. You know, is anybody else stuck here? Or somebody will go, look, I've been podcasting for, I'm on episode number 12. I've been doing this for three months. What should my numbers be? And there is no correct answer for that. The number of downloads is, and this is my little old equation here. This is just my opinion, but I think it's correct. It's the value you put in your episode multiplied by the amount of time you promote it in an intelligent fashion. Because if you promote, 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 but there's no value, the world's just going to find out that you stink sooner. If you have a ton of value and you don't promote it anywhere, then it's going to grow very, very slowly. But when you say it should be this or it should be that, it's it's kind of layered with guilt and remorse. And it kind of implies that you can't change things. And so, like, let's take my Alexa cast. Uh, I think right now I'm getting around 200 downloads an episode, and I'm really surprised by that because I don't promote that thing hardly at all. I, I do some things on uh, Twitter, but more or less that's organic. That's just people typing in Amazon Echo podcast and they find me. And the other thing is there aren't that many of their podcasts about the Amazon Echo. So you stay out of the pool, doggone it. You Get off my lawn. I, I've staked my claim on that corner. And the problem is, though, we kind of feel like we're behind and it puts ourselves into this state of anxiety. And I can really attest to this because when I was 16, when I was 18 working in a grocery store, more or less an assistant manager, I could, I could run that place. And all my other friends went to to college. I was like, Hey, college is for suits, man. I don't want to wear a tie. I'm a rock and roller, dude. And I was working at the at the time making $9 an hour, so 1983, that was a lot of money, living with my brother, eating pudding and RC Cola for dinner. I mean, life was good. 
but then the the grocery store went out of business. And so I was like two years behind every, everybody else was almost done with college by the time I decided to go. And so for my entire life, I felt like I've been behind the wheel because everybody else was getting married first. Everybody was having kids, all sorts of stuff. And I've always felt a little bit behind and I get that. So you kind of feel like, "Mm, I got to hurry up. I got to hurry. And that's just horrible. And so what happens then is when you feel behind, you're anxious and you want to get caught up. So what do you do? Well, I know uh, I'm going to start putting poison in my body in the form of, I don't know, 37 gallons of Red Bull and whatever else. And anything that's quick and cheap that probably has zero nutrition. And then, you know what, to prove that I'm really, really committed, I'm going to cut back on sleep. I can operate on four hours sleep. Sure, I can. So. In this instance, when you meet, you need to be kind of at the top of your game. You're filling your body with junk and robbing it of sleep. Think of on paper, that just doesn't make sense. It's kind of like buying the cheapest gas for your car. You can find it, throwing it in the tank, and while you're at it, going over and taking a pen or a pencil and poking a hole in it because you know eventually that car is going to come to a quick stop. But that's what we do. And then we're told to dream big, dream big. Everywhere. And I'm not saying don't have dreams. I'm not here to be the dream crusher. Dave Jackson, dream crusher. Put that on my business card. And I think we can always do more than I thought we could. I mean, I've seen people that go, oh, there's no way I could do a podcast. You don't understand, Dave. I've, I'm very introverted. And, and you know, a year later, you can't shut them up. So I, I understand dreaming big. And... You know, we're kind of told if we, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to poo-poo anybody on the law of attraction, but you know, if you just think about a million dollars, it'll show up in your lap. Well, we just need to focus on our dreams. Uh, you know, we hear that a lot. If I just focus on my dreams, they become a reality. And and you know, there is the whole Henry Ford, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And I'm, I get that, but there has to be just a, a shade of reality in there. And again. Because we've we've put our goal way out there, that puts us into this anxious state, and that's not the best time to be making decisions. I'll give you an example. I once drove a car onto a uh, car dealership, and it died. This is not the time to be making a decision because you have no way home, in my case. And uh, I did not make the best decision that day. Uh, I was kind of freaking out. They want a lot of money to fix the engine, and I'm in the middle of nowhere because I'd been doing some training, and it was going to be a real big hassle for my wife to come get me. How was I going to get to work tomorrow? I needed a car, blah, blah, blah. So I just said, ah, all right, I'll take that one. Not a good decision. So when you're in that state of, it's kind of like going to the grocery store if you're hungry. You don't make, you know, you go right to the donut aisle. Right. Ice cream. What do you what do you what kind of groceries are you buying? Ice cream, donuts and uh, coffee. Okay, so keep that in mind. And then what happens is you're in this anxious state, this kind of state. And you get insanely focused on your launch and how you can just come out of the gate at this breakneck speed. I'm going to go. I'm going to launch. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And then you're supposed to. And then the launch comes. And okay, I'm going to tell all my friends and new and noteworthy. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, by the way, new and noteworthy info. New and noteworthy.info. Just all I'm saying on that. So now when people talk about new and noteworthy and you throw up in your mouth just a little bit, new and noteworthy.info. 
And the thing is now, you're going at this breakneck pace, and you know what? You should, right? Come out with some energy. But the problem is, think about a, a, a somebody that's running. You, yeah, you, you kind of launch with the thing, and you try to position yourself, but you don't run at that that speed. You're not sprinting for the entire marathon. That's not going to work. You can't keep up that pace. You will die. So I'm robbing myself of, of nutrition, of, of sleep. I'm in this stressed out state, and now I'm going to just burn the candle at both ends. In fact, give me a flamethrower. I'm just going to light the whole candle on fire. Because anything less than a sprint, well, that's you're not dedication. You need to get in there, buddy. You know, and, and you're like, but I, I don't watch video games. I, I got to spend some time with my family. And, uh, you know, I'm doing this for an hour and a half. That's all you got then. That's all you're giving it all you can. Yeah, but I'm not where, where I should be. No, you're exactly where you should be. Doing what you're doing. And that's okay. I mean, think about joining a marathon an hour after it started. You're in Boston. You're in Boston where it's wicked. Wicked runners, and uh, they're going to park your car. And uh, it's an hour. You missed it. You got stuck in traffic. And these people are off to the races, and there's just no way that you're going to catch up. But if you run that marathon, think about running, what is it, 26.2 miles? Because 26 wasn't enough. We needed 0.2. And uh, if you run a marathon, that is still incredibly amazing. I mean, I'm lucky if I can run 2.6 blocks. It's amazing. And it takes months of preparation, dedication, and it's something that only a very small percentage of people could accomplish. And yet when you would cross the finish line because you're not where you should be, you feel bad because you're comparing yourselves to others. And that's where I'm like, uh, Tim Ferriss talks about this in his book, um, his latest one. It's orange with a wrench on it. Great show prep, Dave. But he's talked about it on his podcast as well, that he's actually dealt with depression. Tim Ferriss, you know, the guy, million dollar books and blah, 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 you know, sponsors out the wazoo. And he said he because not everything he does turns out the way it's supposed to. And his his advice is to adopt an attitude of gratitude. And I realize that sounds like a really bad bumper sticker, but it is true. If we quit focusing on other people and focus on what you have, I mean, the other night I walked into my kitchen and I was thinking about John Dennis. I was thinking about the, uh, the messengers documentary and the messengers podcast and, and the, the Guatemala, these people went to Guatemala and they don't have running water and they don't have electricity. And I walked in my kitchen, flipped a switch, light came on, and I went over to my sink and pushed a button and water came out. And we just take that for granted. So we need to look at what we do have, not where we should be, this this imaginary should that they, that's the other thing, they say we should be. Just So do what you can. I, I When I was in training, I'll give an example of, of anxiety. We were down to two trainers, myself and this other guy, before I got let go. And, uh, I mean, I would do the best I could every single day. I would go in there. I would set up my class. I would work with my students. I would explain it however I needed to explain it until they got it. And at the end of the day, they would go to a, a website, and they would say how I did, and they would rate me on a scale from 1 to 10. And 
it was interesting because you'd have some people that would be like the, the straight tens. Dave is the best trainer. He was so funny. I had so much fun. I can't wait to get back to my desk and try this stuff. Uh, he's going to do all the, you know, just blah, 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 rah, 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 Dave. And you'd have somebody else to give you a six. That was all right. And this guy I worked with would literally almost shake waiting for his scores to come in because I would check like the next day. It's like, Hey, my day is over. I'm out of here checking out in the car, ready to go spend some time with my family. And he would sit there and wait for the the website to refresh or whatever it was because he needed to know what his scores were so that he could know if he's going to get in trouble or not. And I just looked at him and I said, okay, can you tell me right now as you're waiting for your scores, is there something you could have done better? Is there something, you know, that you would have done or did you pretty much do the best you did at the time you, you did it? And he goes, no, I always do the best I can. I go, then what are you worried about? You know, that doesn't mean there's, there's always room for improvement, but at the time in that situation, based on the knowledge I had, I made the call to the best of my abilities. And so I would always look at those and look for feedback and say, you know, you know what? I never thought about that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I was perfect, but at that point there was nothing I could do. And so as long as you're doing the best you can, that's all you can ask for, right? And that just means, and you're like, yeah, but I'm, I'm not where I wanted to be. I'm not where I should be. Well, okay, the race isn't over yet. The race isn't over yet. Podcasting is a lot like golf. You really are comparing yourself to your last episode. That's really it. Don't look at other people's numbers. Look at your numbers. Give them about a month and say, hmm, is this one more or less than the one before it? I do that every week. When I go in and I upload my show, I look at the last four episodes because that's four weeks. I add up their totals and I put it in a spreadsheet and I look at it and go, is this more or less than the previous ones? And if it's a lot less and by a lot, I mean, I don't know, 300 because this show gets about, it's, it's actually growing. It's over 2000 downloads an episode, sometimes three but I don't really sweat the small stuff. If it's a big number, you know, if we're talking 30, 40%, oh, okay, what's going on? But you also got to realize that not everything you do is going to be great. So I just wanted to talk today about setting your expectations. And, and the other thing I need to mention here is, number one, you're not the only person that gets depressed. You're not. Sometimes it may feel that way because all you see is the Facebook stuff where we're crushing it. No, there are people out there that are problems. And if you need help, there is nothing wrong with asking for help. There really isn't. And there's the suicide hotlines nationwide. It's 1-800-SUICIDE. There's a, uh, a website called 7 Cups of Tea. That is the number 7 cups of tea.com. Uh, they're trying to tackle a common problem, and that's the affordability of help. Uh, so when founders are running out of money for their company, uh, that's really when they can shell out for a visitor uh, for a psychologist or something like that. So if you need money for help, uh, seven cups of tea may be something you want to look into. But just realize that it's never as bad as you think. 
and uh, Bernie's chiming in here as we speak. Bernie, anything else before I hang this up? No, he just wanted to meow in the uh, hallway. So I hope uh, if if you're a person that is struggling with this, realize you're not alone. You're not. We all wish we were someplace that we weren't, but we do need to stop and appreciate where we are. I think that's a good place to start. So everything I mentioned here, you can find again out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 552. We've got links to all the uh, the different resources and the different articles that I was reading up about this if you want to dig into it a little deeper. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world one download at a time. I want to talk about my new sponsor. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about why I, I am not using my old sponsor. But uh, today's show is brought to you by the School of Podcasting. That's right. If you go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start, use the coupon code LISTENER, you can save on either buying a single course or you can join for a membership and get access to all of our courses. And you're like, Dave, what kind of courses? Well, things like planning your podcast. We actually have worksheets that you can go through if you're not sure what you want to talk about. We'll help you figure that out and then how you can shape it through our next course, which is Content is King. We'll walk you through your podcasting gear, getting what you need, key point there, what you need without blowing your budget, how to record your podcast, and that could be using Audacity, GarageBand, or Audition. And you can actually go through those courses and see which one is best for you. Don't know anything about building a website? Well, we've got a whole course on how to build your podcast website using WordPress, how to communicate with your audience, so how to set up things like email, voicemail, speak pipe, all that kind of stuff. And if you want to use Blueberry and the PowerPress plugin, got a course for that. Don't know a thing about RSS? You want to understand all that geeky stuff without being a geek? We got a course for that. You want to publish your podcast using Libsyn? Got a course for that. Don't know anything about Skype? You guessed it. We got a course for that. You want to know how to communicate with your audience? So how do you have these systems in place to handle all your feedback? Got a course for that. Want to know how to promote your podcast and get into iTunes and all the other directories? That's right. We got a course for that. Want to monetize your show? Make a couple extra bucks? That's right. We got a course for that. We also have private Ask Dave Anything office hours. We do this twice a month. It's group coaching. Always a lot of fun. And the thing I love about that is it's not just what I'm talking about. You get feedback from other podcasters, which is great. You get priority email. What I, what that means is you have a special system that you can use so that it goes directly to me and then doesn't go into my general inbox where it I don't want to say it could get lost, but some days I get a lot of email and I check my priority email first as well as a private Facebook group where, again, you can network with other people. So for more information, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code LISTENER and save whether you want to buy one of those single courses or you can sign up for a monthly or yearly membership. And you might be saying, hey, Dave, um, why did you, what, what happened to the old sponsor? Well, first things first, I have nothing but kind words for Emerald City Productions, you can still find them at emeraldcitypro.com slash SOP. But I had something happen over the three months that I was promoting them. And the one I had two happen in one week. And that is I had people stop by the school of podcasting and they would say, yeah, I listen to your show. Always appreciated. And then they said something that made me scratch my head. 
you know, what exactly is this place? And I was like, what? In my head, I'm thinking, what? What, what, what? And usually my school of podcasting, any kind of advertisement is at the end. And it's just me going, hey, use the coupon code listener. So I, I gave a whole, I don't know, 17 second commercial for the school of podcasting. Meanwhile, I was talking for the better part of two minutes about Emerald City Productions. And I was like, hmm. And the other thing I was doing is every week I was going over the bullet points. I was always trying to find a way so that each week, more or less, you got a slightly different variation of the ad copy. Uh, I listened to one podcast and they play the same commercial at the end of every show. It's them, but it's the same thing. I That drives me somewhat nuts. That's just my own personal opinion. And so I thought what I should be doing is giving 60 seconds at least to promoting the School of Podcasting so people understand what it is. It's that lovely thing we call a call to action, aside from the last eight seconds of a show. So you'll hear me do this more in the future. Now you might be saying, but Dave, isn't that taking money out of your pocket? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's taking the that money. But on the other hand, if people know more about the value of the school of podcasting, maybe they'll sign up and it'll put that money right back into my pocket. And the more people that join are the more people that are going, hey, this is awesome. And they tell their friends. So You'll probably hear me do more of that. That doesn't mean I won't have a sponsor in the future. I've actually uh, somewhat been connected with a media source, and we may be swapping ads here in the future. Again, it's got to be the right fit. But if you're wondering, hey, what happened to those guys? Do I not? Uh, I want to make sure you guys know it's not because I had any kind of bad experience with them. And I did it for two reasons. Number one, I'm going to be rewriting my book, uh, More Podcast Money. It's available now. You can buy it now. And then when I update it on Amazon, you can get the updated version. But it'd been a while since I'd had a sponsor. And so I was approached and said, sure, let's do this. And I did get some valuable insights on that. I had two sponsors. I had one on this show and one on weekly web tools, which is another podcast that I produce. And so I had achieved my goal of getting insights into how to get a sponsor, what they're looking for, things like that. So I'd achieved my objection if that's right. And yeah, I guess that's the right word. And uh, so that's done. So you'll hear me promote the school of podcasting a little more in the future. And speaking of promoting things, what are you doing Wednesday, February 22nd? And if you're like, mm, I don't know, I said, well, what you should be doing is if you are in the Orlando, Florida area, this is Wednesday night and this is the night before PodFest. So if you've flown in, drove in, skateboarded in, whatever you're doing, even if you're not going to PodFest, this is open to the public from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. From what I understand, the bar of the resort, we're having a school of podcasting meet and greet. Uh, I know Glenn the Geek is going to be there. I think he's having a meetup there as well. And so this is just a place before everybody gets in and goes crazy. If you want to come say hello, shake my hand, and just hang out with a bunch of really cool people. The one thing I really like about my audience is I think we all share one thing in common. And that is the fact that we take our topics very seriously. 
Like I love podcasting. I eat and breathe podcasting. I don't take myself too seriously. And the more I hang out with my audience, I, I think we all share that common bond. We all love our show. We'll do anything for it. We're always open for improvements and things like that. But we like to have a good laugh. We're all a, a little sarcastic and uh, like to have a good time. So if you're going to be around Wednesday, February 22nd, check it out at, uh, if you just go to podfest.us, you can click there to see the resort that we're going to be at. Now, the best thing would be, if you're going to be in Orlando in February, go to podfest, podfest.us. I'm going to be the closing keynote there. And I've been working on that quite a bit. Looking forward to that. Going to be kind of exciting. Got some things up my sleeve that I'm going to be doing. And uh, I'm also going to be there working the Libsyn booth. And uh, speaking of Libsyn, if you need a media host, go to Libsyn. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. Use the coupon code SOP free. And I'll be there with uh, the lovely and talented Elsie Escobar, who will be running around uh, doing she podcasting kind of things as well as social media stuff for Libsyn. So I'll be manning the booth. Elsie will be at the booth occasionally and uh, stop by and say hello. So that is going to do it for this week at the School of Podcasting. Coming up, I've got interviews with folks uh, and as well as um, as I get ready for PodFest, I've got some thoughts on that and uh, anything that you would like to hear. I'm always interested. Go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. And uh, don't forget, I should mention this, uh, should have mentioned this sooner. We are having another kind of contest. Remember, at the end of every month, and in this case, this is going to come out on Monday the 6th because PodFest is um, the 22nd through the 25th. I'm coming back the 26th. And so Monday show, I don't want to have to, these always take a lot of time. But what I'm looking for is send me uh, an audio clip, however you want to do it. Again, you can go to schoolpodcasting.com slash contact, click on the speak pipe button. If you've already, if you want to record it and you email it to me, just put five, five, five in the subject line. Again, put five, five, five in the subject line. And here's what I'm looking for. If somebody said, do you have a podcast episode that you listen to that sticks out in your head is wow. You know, maybe it was a driveway moment. You know, it was one of those that you just, you couldn't get out of the car until it was over. You know, that kind of wow. So not so much what's your favorite show. Do you have an episode that sticks in your brain that you go, yeah, that was, boy, that one really hit me. So what was it and why? And if you can tell me where to find it, that'd be great too. Uh, and just email that to me, school, uh, school at gmail.com will get to me. And in the subject line, put 555. We will pick one random winner and you will win an hour of consulting with little old me. And so I'm looking forward to this. It's kind of like we do the thing at the end of the year. What's your favorite show? This is what is your favorite episode? It's a little different spin on that. And of course, last month's was what was your podcasting pet peeve? In fact, I still have people sending in pot, pet, easier for me, pet peeves. And uh, I'll play a couple of those uh, next week. Uh, a couple of stragglers came in. And so if you're listening to the show going, hey, where's my pet peeve? It'll, I'll play it in next week. But uh, right now, I'm looking for what's your favorite episode. So thank you so much for tuning in. Everything we talked about today, again, you can find at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 552. And uh, until next week, thanks so much for tuning in. Class is dismissed. Take care and God bless. Bye.